At least if you wanna run with my team I'm about to get into some shit that I've seen This fool's breath on me so that'll melt your ice cream They say don't say nothing if you can't say nice things Sitting too close to him on point like my ice sting I tried to be subtle, hand him a stick of gum I was a victim of breath on him Running his gap about what set he from Gotta get some gum, gotta get him some He turned it down, his teeth was brown Excruciating for it was a new sensation I had to ask the dope to pass the soap Cause his coat had to stitch the crustaceans Or bathrooms in the bus station He had a can of old he had some raisins Amazing, had to Tobio, he didn't know Used to the fragrance, just as the days went without bathing He felt manly and not like a maiden He had one dread and fungus Said he worked on people's toilets with plungers Girls, not the guy, you were worth a tongue, yeah So guys, take your cue from this little number You gotta wash your ass with your mush You gotta wash your hair with your mush You gotta wash your teeth with your mush Or else you'll be fucking Yo, 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 it's your man Castro X coming at you live and direct with the With All Due Respect podcast. This is part three or extended part two, part three of the <laughs> Philip Chappelle episode, man. We back in this motherfucker. What's good, my brother? Dude, I'm just chilling, man. This has been awesome. It's been a good time. I've been enjoying this, uh, this ride that we've been on, man. Yeah. Uh, didn't get to record that other podcast, so we stopped. You know ah. what I'm saying? For no reason, but it's all gravy. I ain't even mad at it. I ain't tripping. It'll pick up. It'll yeah. pick up when it's ready. It'll be fine. When 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 uh the universe wants it to happen, it will happen. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Cowboy Bebop, uh, Spike Siegel has a, a phrase that he says often that stands out to me that means a lot. And it's, uh, whatever happens, happens. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yes. I love that shit. Spike Siegel's my favorite. Probably my favorite anime character of all time. That's one of my greatest. One of my favorite animes, Cowboy Bebop. I love it. I feel like he has it figured out. Like, mm-hmm. he's very together with himself. Mm-hmm. He has some issues, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I feel like he's very, uh... I mean, his issue being, like, uh, his love. You know what I mean? He has a lover. Mm, and so true. I feel like he has pain with that. But other than that, like, I feel like he has it together. With that whole phrase of whatever happens, happens. And I feel like that dictates his entire attitude throughout the show. He's just here for the ride, I guess, if we're going to go catch a bounty right. and not get paid. Like, it is what it is. You right. know what I'm saying? But he's not, he doesn't stress about things that he cannot control. Yeah. And I feel like that's something uh, that I've taken from that show, and it means a lot to me. Something that I'm trying to uh, include into my day-to-day life. Um, we stress over things that we can't control so much uh, as yeah. humans these days. Um you know what I'm saying? So, and I feel like it's it's important to be able to step back and realize that, like, yo, I have no control over this situation. The only thing I got control over is my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions in me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and my actions. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, shout out to Spike Siegel, Cowboy Bebop, you know what I mean? And everybody did that. Uh, hardest anime intro in my entire life. Oh, my God. That shit is so fire. So good. It really is. I haven't man. seen an anime like that since, in I all honesty. I don't think I've ever seen one that's like uh, that particular anime. Mm-hmm. It's also very, uh, a lot of people don't like it. Like my boy Nick right now, he will not watch it. He does not mess with it. I feel like it's because, it, to me, that show's very, it's slow. Um, mm-hmm. But it's slow because it's mature. Yeah. It's a mature show. It's not here to just be all... Uh, glamour you know what i'm saying it's right. just fun it's right. it's an adult show and it can you know? do all that too it can there's you know? moments where it's going down but mm-hmm. there's there's more going on oh, you know yeah. what i'm saying it's a, it's oh, a yeah. more adult show anyway man off all that i don't mean to tangent about anime we all know i'm a big anime nerd dude anime uh no i, I fuck with anime i love that dude I've, I've been watching anime since i was a kid since i was like six so yeah i feel you i feel you on that you seem like you would get into anime. We haven't really ever discussed, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, why we anime. haven't. That's we kinda haven't. weird. Yeah, I'm actually just now learning this right now. Um, hmm. uh the, or actually when you walked into my room and got hyped about the Bebop poster. Oh dude, yeah, it's fresh. So fresh. I know. And you pointed out the uh drag uh, the Demon Slayer one as well. Have you seen Demon Slayer yet? Yes, I saw all of it, man. Like uh So you watch anime. I I watched anime. I watched anime hardcore. Um, growing up, 
uh, I don't watch it too much any, anymore now. Mm. Um, it's just some of the same stories keep popping up. You know? Yeah, I can see that. So I just get kind of bored. But every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll jump in there and watch something. Like the last thing I actually saw was One Punch Man. Okay. Uh, not season two, just the first season. I haven't even finished season one. So oh, dude. You cool. You oh, killing dude. it. Dope. I actually uh, designed my uh, workout routine based off of his, you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, really? To get me into working out because uh, it was a pretty easy routine, man. 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats, you know what I'm saying? I was doing that. That turned into 800 push-ups I was doing while I was at Ally, oh. actually, just a while back. Uh, and about 400 sit-ups, 400 squats. But then Dude, I crazy. It, it, it became so easy, though. Like, it's crazy if, if you work at it, you know what I'm saying, where you can go. But now here I stopped and I'm getting flabby again but i'm actually uh gonna get a workout in today uh today is the day i mark uh my return right on into the workout game right on, brother. we talked a lot about the universe mm-hmm. we talked a lot about inner self mm-hmm. want to hone in a tiny bit more on the inner self since we're talking about working out things like that uh mm-hmm. just naturally coming up with it uh i believe in training the mind the mm-hmm. soul and the body. I believe that they all three uh, are in line with one another, man. Yeah. On this journey that we on, man. I believe you got to have all three of those motherfuckers correct. Uh, yeah. I feel, or I feel it. You don't have to. It makes it easier. It makes it easier. Um, not in the sense of, oh, I want to get buff, you know what I mean, for looks, things like that. Like, that's cool, too, because that also helps your, your self-image, your image of yourself, for how sure. you view yourself. Yeah. Um, but it all, there's also many, obviously, health benefits to it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean, they're kind of kind of a big deal, you know. Right, which ties into the mind, like certain foods you eat. Um, mm. I've heard Malcolm X uh, talk about in, uh, pork, eating pork. I eat pork. I shouldn't eat pork. I'm trying to not eat pork, but <laughs> I eat pork. But it does certain things to your brain. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I wish I had more source information right now as I'm talking about this. I'm, I'm so stupid about this kind of thing. Like, Gavin's trying to... Gavin's helping me out so much at work. What do you uh, think about Gavin? Dude, Gavin's dope. He's a fascinating dude. He just, like, he speaks his mind. and I like him. Yeah, man. He, he's a fascinating dude. That's a good way to put it. I had, had him, I had him and Chris on the show together. Oh, my God. I've got to listen to that. I enjoy, we actually had to take it down due to... Um, certain things were discussed. There were people at the job that had heard the episode and they mm. were So we had to remove it. We're going to get them back mm. in the studio soon. Uh, that but hurts. out of respect for him, man, he asked me to take it down. I was like, well, no issue. That's fair. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right on. You guys lend me the privilege of being able to sit down with you. It's what I owe oh to you. God. You know what I'm saying? So, shoot. I like Gavin. He's a good dude. No, but, for sure, for sure. But yeah, training the body, I feel, is very important. Uh, and I feel it ties in just as much as uh, training the mind and training the soul. And that's mm-hmm. how I view it all. I view it all as training. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. that's because I watch so much anime, so I consider everything like I'm preparing for whatever's finna come. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm also into like samurai teachings a lot, which lends me uh, leads me to another book. I want okay. you to check out if you get time. I've been suggesting yeah, books yeah, to yeah. fill this whole time since we've been chilling today. I'm about to be busy, dude. Uh, if you have any books too, man, send them my way. You put me on, uh, not Alistair Crowley. Uh, uh, any 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 H.P. Lovecraft book. Okay. Just start yeah. reading H.P. Lovecraft. Like uh, that dude is the father of cosmic horror, and like his stories are so trippy, man. You know, like uh, they talk about cosmic entities uh, called the, the, the old ones or the great old ones and how essentially these folks just they or these these things see humans as just inconsequential just these small little blips in time and they do whatever they want with them uh, they're, they're, they don't affect whatever these cosmic entities are doing and uh, actually a lot of inspiration comes from I can't even say inspiration comes from... Well, well, yeah, I, I do have a lot of inspiration from H.P. Lovecraft uh, recently in my stories, but, mm. dude, he is a very fascinating person. A little racist, but... Was he? He, 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 he was. When was he writing? Mm, I couldn't tell you. Ray earlier, like, 
1900s. I don't, okay. I don't know. Okay. That's probably around 1920. I don't know, 1920s. Okay, makes yeah. sense. I'm uh, wrong with that date, by the way. But aroundish. Yeah. Aroundish there. Yeah. But definitely, you're you're gonna before today. Before today, but <laughs> longer than yesterday. You know. Right. He has this uh, one entity he calls just to give an idea of <clears throat> the flavorful language around that time period. He has this one entity called Sub Niggeroth. Okay. Yeah, so you can kind of see. <laughs> I wonder what inspired that. I wonder. Um, so that book uh, that I want you to check out is called De Hage Kore. Yes. Uh, H-A-G-A-K-U-R-E. K-U-R-E. Now, since we're talking about books, I feel it is a perfect segue uh, to wow. get into the graphic novel in which you are working on man uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about that today bless us bless the with all due respect podcast <laughs> i can share a little bit i guess i guess please let us know man let us in on that we're very excited so anytime i try to explain the story it ends up being an absolute disaster because it's just so freaking big like uh uh it is very in-depth whenever you you explained it to me man we were outside smoking one day mm. um and you you explained it is very in-depth Mm-hmm. Um, which is what I look for as a uh, a comic nerd anyway. You know what I'm saying? I want twist, turns, rabbit hole. You know yes. what I'm saying? So yes. I'm hyped about that. But explain it in whatever way you feel fit. Okay. So the, the series has gone through so many names, but it's called The Jumping Doors Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, just some founding principles about the story is the story out the bat lets you know that humans share this space, reality, with different kinds of entities um, and different types of categories. And these entities, they're not always material, they're not always physical, sometimes they're just intelligence, Uh, other times they are like parasites, but from the get-go, it just, there's, there's the founding knowledge that uh, we share this space with, uh, I call them multiforms, um, I call them intelligence clusters, and I call them uh, entities of mischief. And the stories, there's a destination for all these stories. Like it's broken up into four different series. Uh, four series, I want to have at least three books per series. And the whole idea of this this um, this, I guess we could call it a saga, is to explain what the hell the jumping doors are. Mm. Um, I'm not going to share any of that because that's a part of the story. Like that's you're going to spoiler. Yeah, you're going to read the first book and you're not going to have any idea what the jumping doors are. But you're going to be like, well, why? Why is it the title? But it's the whole stories are they're, they're setting seeds, they're sowing seeds into what these multiforms do, what these intelligence clusters do, what the uh, entities of mischief are, and the family of chaos, and how I tell these stories are. Kind of like with H.P. Lovecraft, you have just different people, individuals living their day-to-day life, you know, um, waking up, going to work, uh, taking their kids to school, um, interviewing for a job, you know, uh, getting into an argument with their mother, their father, whatever, just living life, you know, mm-hmm. fighting cancer. Um, they're, they're living in the moment as a human on this planet. And in each of the stories, there's always something going on that's... Uh, relatable to, you know, their environment, their point in time, like, uh, if I were to make a story right now, I'd make a story about, like, what's going on with, uh, uh, QAnon and stuff, and, um, uh, the chaos with the capital and all that, so that would be the climate of the story, and this person, who would be the character, they are trying their hardest to exist in this environment, but then they come across an other. Then they come across a multiform. Then they come across an intelligence cluster or whatever the hell it is. And they get a sneak peek into a completely different life that mm. they uh, that, that exists side by side with their own. Right? So as an example, um, in one of these stories there's a multiform that appears. Um, and it has no appearance of its own, no, no shape of its own, but it's trying to 
exist within the material plane, so it infects other people. It, it gets into people in their dreams, um, which is very similar to Lovecraftian uh, old ones, great old ones and stuff, but uh, what these entities will do, they, I believe this one was a uh, entity of mischief, so it didn't actually have any physical form, um, but it's trying to possess people to do its bidding, mm. you know? And the stories that have worked the best so far have been characters that have witnessed their friends either disappear or succumb to an infection from one of these things. And uh, by being presented with a multiform or an intelligence cluster, they discover that there are these other individuals, humanoid, that exists solely to contain them, solely to identify them and contain them and erase uh, any existence of them, kind of like Men in Black. Mm. Um, and they kind of serve, I don't want to call it a shadow government or anything like that, uh, but the reader, as they read these different stories and, and uh, read about these different people in this universe that have encountered multiforms, what ends up happening is over, uh, and th these are all very short stories. Um, they're all very short stories meant to build up the universe, meant to build up the entities, the characters. Um, and once the reader has read enough of these stories, they start seeing um, reoccurring characters, reoccurring multiforms. So they start seeing dots connect. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. but it's all very disconjointed at, at, at the beginning. Um, because you, you don't know what a multiform is. The entire purpose of the, these stories is for the reader uh, to just kind of piece together what these things are. And nothing's really being descriptive. So like, for example, in this story here, uh, their friend uh, gets possessed by a multiform. They get sick. And they just get sicker and sicker, throwing up, puking blood. And they don't, they don't know what's going on with them. But suddenly, here come these dudes busting through their door, carrying all this equipment. And they're just frozen in place. Uh, and these individuals, they serve this organization called the Maryland Network. The Maryland Network plays a really big part in my That's stories. Dope, man. The Maryland Network, yeah, key to me. I love that name. I like that. So these agents of the Maryland Network, they come in to contain these multiforms and do whatever they need to do to the humanoid that's been uh, exposed to it. So usually when you come across a multiform or an entity of, uh, entity of mischief, the, the person, they'll, they'll get infected with with, uh, with some sort of sickness just by being in presence, by, by, by being in their presence. And so that makes the person go through a transition. Uh, I call it a, um, uh, humans, the, the, the human body, I just call them shells in the mm. story because the shell can do anything. It can uh, align itself to the will of a multiform, to an entity of mischief. Um, and carry on their bidding, or it can align itself to um, any one of these three houses, uh, these three houses that the Berlin Network serve. And uh, once someone becomes infected, they're either gonna go through uh, what I call nodine shift, where they, they, they turn into uh, a multiform, um, or they align themselves with the Maryland Network to find out more of what they're about, what they're doing, uh, and, and, and dealing with these multiforms because like it's just some really weird shit that just keeps on happening and uh, we find out that the Maryland Network are studying these things they're trying to create them they're trying to uh, mimic these multiforms because multiforms in uh, this story can influence people to build certain technologies, influence people to degrade societies, influence people to build societies. And it's always for something crazy like um, getting their blood or something, getting their DNA or something. So there's always some intention these multiforms are carrying out in the long run for contaminating these people. Mm. It's really weird to explain. Um, no, I love it. Uh, 
unfortunately, my questions I feel are only going to lead to spoilers, though. Shoot, so, go for it. But uh, so I just wonder, you know, uh, is the Maryland network are they good or bad? Or are they in the gray? They're in the gray because mm-hmm. their whole purpose is is controlling society. Uh, they want to control what they call the native Ugarians. In this story, there's no Earth, there's Ugaria. And on Ugaria, there's Ugarians, people. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea with the Maryland Network, and this is actually revealed very early on, um, is that they are... I was totally going somewhere with this, and I got sidetracked. Take his off. It was the smoke. When I blew smoke, threw you off. Shoot, where was I? Where was I going with this? Uh, I had asked you, the Maryland Network, good or bad? Said gray area. Gray um, area. Yep, yep. Uh, so, okay, yeah. So they wanna they wanna control the direction of the cosmic timeline. They have an, numerous abilities through using technology to um, connect with uh, an energy, mm. okay? And this energy is dissected into three different houses. Uh, you have the house of Aledon, you have the house of Amiri, and you have the house of Fadima. And they were, they come together, these, these uh, the Merlin Network has come together to um, kind of redirect the course of man, if you will, and it only happens by getting the keys from the previous owner, because the previous owner have an idea of where they want man to go. Um, the, the previous rulers of Ugaria mm. have a direction, and the whole idea, well, well, a big part of it is they, they, they've lost control of where humans are going, where Ugarians are going. And is this where the story picks up um, during the loss of control, or does it go through multiple uh, timelines or yeah so it starts out where um, those who rule are, are are in the process of degrading mm. degradation has, has already happened and uh, they do not know how to contain this so the Maryland Network they've they come into play to create a societal blueprint and replacement of what these previous owners would have, so we can you can like relate that to all realities, Rockefellers and Bilderbergs, Masons and stuff like that. I was going to ask you, do you take influence from our reality? Because I see certain one hundred percent, yes, that's dope. That's yeah, dope. yeah, and because um, I think it all has a it's 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 all interconnected. Mm. You know, there's there's always a degree of truth to conspiracy because with conspiracy, there's patterns. You know, there's patterns. There's uh, you know, words that are used to evoke conspiracy, like right now we got QAnon and, and all that, whatever the fuck that is, and, and, and you know, in our world, but uh, there's always conspiracy because someone's always plotting something, you know? So, but what, what I don't like about stories is there's always a big bad. There's always a big bad, there's always a hero, and the hero goes to take care of the big bad. But that's not how life works because, you know, just look at what's happened in the past month in, in January, we, we know who the big bads are in our reality, and we can't do anything about it. Mm. You know, they're, they're, they're in broad daylight, they're, you know exactly who they are, um, there's no mystery, you know, but we all just continue playing the charade and games that they want to play. Um, so that game is not working in this story, and they've lost complete control of the natives on the planet. And those who those who are here aren't from here. Those who control Ugaria aren't Ugarian. They're not native. They're from other spaces, and they use religion to uh, indoctrinate people to certain wills of entities. And these wills of these entities cause well. They had a great point at, at uh, a great purpose at first. But as the natives became aware of themselves, things slipped out of their control, I guess. Mm. And so, I mean, this is what happened is that the the natives, they outgrew their religions. And they needed a a deeper connection. They wanted a deeper connection. And what ended up happening is 
the natives were going through something, like I mentioned before, called nodine shift. And nodine shift can, when you encounter a multiform, can turn you into an erratic, malignant shell, or you can become something else, uh, called a pathwalker in this story. So if you, if, you, if you become an erratic shell, then you're essentially a, uh, you're serving the family of chaos and entity of mischief. But if you become, if you successfully complete nodine shift, you become a pathwalker, you serve the Maryland network. And uh, so, dang it, I fell off the train again. I keep falling off the damn train with my thoughts. Uh, you all right? You were telling me about the, uh, you brought up no dang shift. Yeah, okay, so, so these natives, they're getting familiar with themselves. They're getting familiar with their voice inside which really just means something is talking to them, something is trying to get their attention. And when it gets their attention, if it gets their attention, then that means that they have a vibration that is uh, open to receive the signal. They can receive the signal from any of the Maryland Network's three houses, of Fadima, Aliden, or Amiri. And these three houses, if the native can hear their voice, will come across um, a child of Aliden, or a child of Fadima, or a child of Amiri, and work to serve the movement, development, growth of the natives on the planet. But their methods for doing this were not always good, because they share a space with other multiforms, other intelligence clusters, and those entities have a purpose and use for humans too. So it almost becomes a tug of war of, of attaining a new budding uh, native Ugarian who's becoming aware of their energy, their nodine, and aligning them to one of the three houses or not getting them in time. And now this native has gone through nodine shift and has gone, who has turned into an erratic shell and uh, essentially now served the will of, a, of the family of chaos or the uh, an entity of mischief or wandering malice. Um, so it's, and that is, in that instance, it's kind of spiritual because you have to find your path to, you have to find your path as a path walker serving the Maryland network to identify people going through Nodine Shift, identify people who are discovering their inner self. But the, the, the one of the twists with the story is that going through nodine shift is not what humans are supposed to do. If you go through nodine shift, you're, you're supposed to just turn into an erratic shell. That's just what happens. Um, you, you become a multiform. But the Maryland Network and these three houses have found a way for a native Ugarian to tune themselves and successfully complete nodine shift to where they become a pathwalker, opening up different abilities that they have depending on which house that they're uh, affiliated with. If that makes any sense. I know I said a whole bunch it of words. It does. No, I like it. <laughs> um, yeah. So with uh, with these stories, we learn more about the Maryland Network. We learn more about the three houses. We learn about the abilities that these three uh, houses have and the, the people who serve them. Um, we learn about what the multiforms do, how they manipulate people, um, how they manifest realities uh, and use people, institutions, governments to do that. Uh, the Jumping Doors Club tells the story of what humans can do if aligned to any different vibration. It could be a positive vibration or a negative vibration. So to me it sounds like if society wakes up to a degree. If society wakes up, yeah. So with you saying that, that's, that's perfect with you saying that. So if, if someone were to wake up, they don't actually wake up. Because what Nodine is, is it's really, Nodine is the, it's the dormant soul in, in the story. Um, in the story, the soul don't, is... Don't spoil too much. I don't want you to reveal too yeah, much of your story. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want you to give up too much. But no, I got you. I got, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, no, this is introductory. This is introductory. Okay, just making sure you... Or releasing what needs to be released. Yes, thank you. you know thank you, Sean. Thank you. Gotta cover you, man. 
Um, so when you go through no dine shift, or no, no, I wasn't talking about that. No dine. In the story, no dine means the dormant soul. So the soul has an energy that's sleeping. Um, the soul has an energy that has not been released yet. And multiple things can happen in reality that trigger the nodine to stir. And when the nodine stirs, the dormant mind wakes up. And the dormant mind um, wakes up through the perspective of the host body. That would be our consciousness. So our consciousness exists at all times with a sleeping dormant mind always there, always peering through it, through us, always existing through us, um, but unaware that it is the same as the shell that's moving and the consciousness that's moving the shell, if that makes any sense, that's moving the body. So when nodine shift happens, this is when the, um, when nodine shift occurs, hopefully the soul has aligned itself to one of the three houses of the Maryland network, because the Maryland network grant many different types of abilities that will help them number one through nodine shift and help them through um, uh, using their abilities and such. So let's see here. Um, it amazes me how relevant a lot of what your book um, talks about uh, translates over to our reality to a degree. A lot of mm -hmm. these things that you're describing um, that go on within this sounds like struggles that we deal with here in our world Yes, a lot. And I, I love that. I really admire that. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. It's totally intentional, too. Yeah. Um, because like we were talking in the other episode, uh, yeah, I how do you a lot of... see the symbols? How do you walk your path, you know, and how do you continue moving on? Um, a lot of these stories are about the Maryland Network identifying these people, getting them, and helping them to walk their path by helping them see their symbols, helping them identify themselves in time, helping them identify uh what their abilities are but first and foremost it's always about getting the native born ugarian to survive nodine shift and not become an erratic shell and serve an aimless entity mm. um so without really saying anything about how these multi-forms work or anything like that that's kind of just a really i say brief but we're looking at 33 minutes into this podcast so we're brief <laughs> But I mean, and there's, it's, it's an entire paracosm. I've made, I've made up technologies, words um, from the ground up to explain this reality, you know. It, it sounds amazing. And you said you've been at this, this is 10 years in. 10 years, you've 10 been, years plus. You've yeah. been building this story. Yeah, you yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's about, I mean, people, people, I like the term waking up to yourself, waking up to conscious, waking up to your higher self, but we're, we're, we're beyond that point now. Like, we're, in, in our cosmic timeline, we're, we're beyond waking up. We're, we're woke, or folks are woke, or whatever. Now they just need to realize what they are. There's a net, sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a moment called self-realization in these stories where they realize what, when the uh, native going through Nodine shift realizes what they are. Mm. You know, and, uh, yeah. and you think here in this reality, we've reached that point. Yeah, we, we totally have. Mm. Kind of like, uh, again, with the, a society of caterpillars doing really good, doing really great stuff, but what the fuck? You're meant to be a butterfly and fly. You're meant to do other things. Mm. You know, you've done really good, you know, doing all this stuff as caterpillars, but it's not what you're supposed to do. There's you're not more supposed to, to do that. Yeah, there's more to it. I'm really hyped for this story, man. It sounds fascinating. It's definitely something I'm going to get into. I already know. You know I what I'm saying? That. So, yeah, I guess uh, plenty for you. 10 years in, man. Uh, let me journey into you a little bit. Okay. Um, with your writing process, how do you go about writing? I've always been very curious as to how 
one creates in that uh, realm? Mm, well, it started out at first with me drawing characters, because okay. I, I really like to draw, but um, like as a kid, I wanted to make my own anime, mm. and uh, uh, or graphic novel, and I'd have to make backstories to these characters, or, or it, to draw easier, I'd have to know the character's backstory and, and their environment. You gotta so know who they are. Yeah, yeah. So I'd write it out. That's kind of how it all started. And um, that's how it started. But my dreams heavily influenced my writing. Like I got this thing called a Dytronite door. And th there's, this, uh, there's this energy called Dytronite. We'll just leave it at that. And it's called a, a Dytronite door. We called it a DGT door. Essentially, it means Dytronite Galactic Teleport. And what the DGT door does is you, like, like this, this door right here. You open the door up. And you go into a, like a little closet space, and in the closet space there's a terminal, and on that terminal there's a handprint. There's many handprints. Handprint with five fingers, two fingers, three fingers, six fingers, all kinds of different hands. And so you as a humanoid, you're like, oh, well, this looks like me, so you put your hand on it, and when you put your hand on it, it identifies you. It's like, oh, so you're a Ugarian in this sector of the galaxy, and... This is within the book. Yeah, yeah, and you serve this house or whatever, and... Um, uh, it tells you who you are, and it tells you, it, it shows you where you can go, but... but but when you put your hand on this door, you're connected to a network. And so when you put your hand on the door, or not, not the door, but you put your hand on this terminal, it connects you to a network. And um, the door behind you closes, okay? But the thing is, as soon as you open up that door, you're somewhere else. Hmm. It opens up somewhere else. It could be somewhere else on the planet, somewhere else in the galaxy, somewhere else in another universe. But it, it opens up somewhere else. And um, that came to me in a dream, you know? And in Peter, the, are you a heavy dreamer? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a very heavy dreamer. I'm a lucid dreamer. I astral project all the time. Um, it's a big part. It's amazing. It, it, it's a big part of how I write these stories and why I write these stories, because a lot of this stuff comes from the astral plane. You know, I'll, I'll get a word um, or technology, and um, I'll, I'll translate that into my story or something. Mm. But. Uh, like the the DGT door that started from a dream and in the dream it was it's always so weird when this happens because whenever I meet these people in the astral plane or whatever it's almost like a, a moment of realization like hey there you are again hey how's it going it's like oh yeah what's up and it's like I just pick up where I left off like I might be might be doing something but but um, I'm, I'm I'm just picking up where I left off with this person you know you know that's very unique um, the fact that this is where, A, this is how your story, at least to me, I've never heard of this. This is fascinating. Um, you dream. You go to these places. You meet these people. You hear these words. Mm -hmm. You come back to our world. Um, mm -hmm. You write your story. Um, it's very unique. Yeah. It's a gift to a degree. It's very special. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's, it's very, very different. I, I astral project every time I go to, well, not every time, not as common anymore for sure, uh, recently. Um, but like when I go to sleep, uh, as I'm going to sleep, I wake up and I always, and, and I'll wake up in the same place. It's, it's this temple. And in this temple, it has this pedestal um, with this device uh, in the center of this pedestal, this device I call it a harper. And also came from a dream. Um, and with the Harper, when I wake up in this dream, I'm pretty, or when I wake up in this, in this space, I'm deciding where I'm going to go. What, what space am I going to go into? Um, who am I going to meet? Am I, have I got any messages? <laughs> you know? Um, so I go, I'll go to this Harper and the, the word Harper, um, when I looked it up, it means one who plays a harp. And, um, no, the, the instrument of the harp and stuff. So, mm -hmm. in in this space, in this, I can't even call it a dream or story, but but because it's so recurring. But but in this space that I go to in this temple, um, the harper, the entire purpose is to tune to me, tune to my uh, my note, my cosmic note, and it identifies me and my position in time. It identifies um, what paths I have in front of me. I don't always know this. I don't, I don't know 
what all this means at, at any given moment in time. I just, I go to this place, I synchronize with this device, this device sees me, I see it, and it allows me in the dream space to see deeper mm. into different realities, different pockets that I can journey to in my dreams and, and lucid dream and experience things. And um, it can be really weird sometimes. It can get really it. strange sometimes. You, like there's been times I've met other people there. There's been times, okay, the most crazy um, interaction I had with this um, was when I met my aunt. I had, I went to sleep, I woke up, I was in the process of going to sleep, I woke up, and I do go through my routine, I go to the pedestal, I place my hand on the harper, I like kneel, and I just, I just kind of just zone out. I just feel whatever's out there. And I felt my aunt, my aunt Tamara, and uh, she materialized next to me, not as a body, but as, as her soul. Hmm. And have you ever seen Soul Eater, the anime Soul Eater? Mm -hmm. You know death in his eyes, the swirls? Yeah. So they look like that uh, in this space. And I immediately recognized her energy. Um, I felt it similar. And uh, I took my harper out of the pedestal and, and I used this thing to, to read souls in this space. Like I have a job in the astral plane and everything. Like I have a responsibility I do. Like. Like, uh, I, I wake up in this tower, and if I, if I don't just go to another world, another dream, then I manage souls. I collect souls. Right? I use this harper to do it. I use this device to do it. And I saw my aunt, and I sucked her up in this thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, you are my aunt. And like, I, I, I read her soul. I'm like, you are my aunt. Oh, my gosh. Like, and she was ecstatic to meet me. She was ecstatic to, to come across me. Uh, like, I mean, just euphoric, almost. And I'm like, okay, well, you're a soul, so I have to repurpose you. I have to put you somewhere. Like, that's kind of what I do. I find lost souls, uh, suicidal souls, dead souls, souls lost. I said that before. But um, I collect these souls. I bring them I, I, uh, um, into the device, the Harper. And after journeying around this space, um, I then will come back to the temple that I woke up in. I'll plant the Harper back into his pedestal, I'll push whatever the fuck this button is, and like I can actually visually see like all the souls I've collected just dump into this pedestal and just dump into what I call the base gate, which allows the soul to reincarnate, which allows the souls to uh, materialize. I woke up to a phone call after that, after that experience of taking my aunt, or uh, identifying my aunt and putting her soul into the base gate, I woke up to a phone call from, I think it was my mom or my sister. And they said to me, your aunt Tamara is about to go. Um, we're about to unplug her, she's, she's dying. Because she had cancer. She had been fighting cancer for a very long time. And today was the day that they were gonna pull the plug. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, I'll be up there at the hospital. Let's, pick me up and I'll, I'll see my goodbye. It's like, hey, we want you to come here so you can say goodbye to your Aunt Tamara. We're all here uh, to say goodbye. And um, I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. And uh, just completely out of it. And on my way to the hospital, it was, it was just this really weird feeling and experience. Like, hmm, my Aunt Tamara is about to pass away and I just had that experience, you know. At this point in time, I wasn't at this point in time, I'm just, I'm just dreaming, right? I'm just in the astral plane. I'm just doing this thing, collecting souls, putting them in the base gate, having them recycle. It's just this thing I've, I've been doing for, for a long time. It, it felt right to do that in this space because there were souls everywhere. And I had a device that allowed me to direct them somewhere. Mm. But when I saw my aunt in that bed, uh, number, okay, Fuck cancer, cancer is terrible. My my aunt Tamara was a juggernaut, and to see her in that state was crippling almost. But it was also incredibly surreal because I just came across her in the astral plane. 
and I just recycled her soul. And this, like, just right after that dream, I, I hadn't connected the dots at that time that this is what I've been doing. I knew, but I didn't know. But when that happened, it felt very real for me. It felt very real. It felt very real that this other life I live in my astral dreams and the astral plane has a can have a direct um, effect on the material plane. And then it also, but you know, it's just like it's it's weird when that kind of thing happens, you know, because it's like, well, am I just really creative? Am I is is this just really a random set of events? But but is it though? It's 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 not it's not it's not at all. And what I'm learning to do now is navigate this space with an intention. You know, I've been here in this space doing all these different things. Um, for all these different souls, but you know, I'm in the astral plane. You know, it's 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 whatever. It's nothing's really real. Nothing really matters. It's 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 just, you know, these are things people say. You know, it's 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 not real. It's not tangible. It's just it's just a space that the that the mind goes. Um, but that felt too real. I imagine you must feel the heaviness of what you do now when you go there, the responsibility even more so. It, it, it does feel like a responsibility because, I mean, I will, like someone I work with right now, um, their mother has cancer. And I knew their mother had cancer because um, they told me, just in passing. But uh, I started dreaming about this person. Um, I started dreaming about having them survive, you know, I, I found their soul and I would like move them, or I wouldn't repurpose them, but I would like move them around for, or, or, or connect them with other, uh, uh, other souls that would help them out, you know, and in this, in this, these times where I keep meeting this person, um, I get a little bit more information about what their mother's going through, a little bit more about them too as a person, you know, and we built up a really strong relationship um, in this astral place, in this astral plane, which I, I call the founding plane. I call it, I don't call it the astral plane myself, I, I call it the founding plane. Um, and uh, I, I came to learn about them, I came to know them more. This was maybe a year ago, but now this person is going through with their mother who is sick, and just like in the astral plane, I am developing a relationship and friendship with this person of motivation, of encouragement, because they they were always weak, like they, they, were, they were always weak when they were um, taking care of their mother, you know, but now it's bleeding into reality and these sometimes even conversations I had are occurring um, with this person. Have you told this person? No. No. I mean, how? <laughs> right. No, I mean, I understand. I was curious yeah no I hadn't told him yet. I don't know how I'm going I don't know if I'm going to or how I'm going to but like the whole motive with me in the space of this person is when this soul appears do all you can to take care of them because they're they're struggling you know and this just last week they broke down crying to me because they're they're going through so much with them and uh, it's just it's just really surreal another one of the symbols that comes up with your path you know my stories in the astral plane and me in reality, they're, they're very interconnected. And sometimes that becomes a problem, becomes, becomes really, really, really blurry on what's what. Because like, I'm here in the material plane, I'm here, I'm physical, you can see me, but I'm, I'm also somewhere else as well, you know. And when reality just confirms relationships like that in a connection to this other space, it's now it's just got me curious. It's like, okay, well, what else can I do here? I'm, I'm being more observant of the space. I'm, I'm materializing it on the astral plane. What, what can I do here? You know, um, do I have any influence with my material reality, with my, um, with with those around me? And I'm beginning to realize that we we do we do have that ability. That we do have that power. You know, um, getting into like what you're saying how they don't want us to know that 
there's more to us than just being meat sacks that work jobs to serve a corporation that serve only a handful of people that are making all this bank off of our work. You know? right. There's another way to live. And the astral plane dreams, uh, they give us hints that there's more. You know, Kind of got off on a weird tangent here. but No, that's what I wanted. I liked it. Cool. Awesome. Also for this. This is great. <laughs> awesome. Uh, find that fascinating. Uh, we got 10 minutes left. Oh, my God. I want to know. Yeah, we, we body these. Uh, sitting down with you, we, we run through these episodes. When did this start? This started when I was a kid. I was hit by a car. I had a near-death experience. Mm. I, I say I died. When I was hit by... It was just... It was too... It was too perfect, man. I was going to ride my bike to school for the very first time. I was a kid. I had always gone to school in my, my parents' car. You know, I wanted to go on my own. I wanted to go into reality on my own, you know, and, 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 and do this. And uh, I got hit by a car. First day driving or riding my bike to school on my own, I get hit by a car. The dude who hit me didn't see me. He ran, he ran a red light because the sun was in his eyes. So I went airborne, but I was lucky that my skull stopped the fall. So, you know, it was, it was a mess. I dislocated my collarbone. My skull got cracked. Uh, and as soon as it happened, I saw myself on the ground, um, lifeless. Everything, every, well, everything stopped. But I saw myself on the ground. Uh, there was someone else over me. And they said, we got to go. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going. And when I went, like, this is all I know about this, 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 this experience. But when I was unconscious, I... It felt like I lived a lifetime when I followed this dude because, like, it, it was crazy. He opened up a portal. I walked through it. And uh, I know I lived through a ton of experiences when I did that. But where my mind went next was like a courtroom. And in this courtroom, it, it looked like a courtroom. Um, there was me, some judges, which I think were judges, they asked me a question. The man that escorted me here looked at me as if to say, you know, answer however you want to. I said yes, and I woke up. And ever since that happened, I've been told by everybody that I've been a different person since then, completely different person. I was in fourth grade. And that's when all this stuff happened. That's when I started getting connected to other stuff. So that's what it is for you, though. It's very, it's very real. Very this real. is realist. This is real. You think you got a gift? I mean, I, yeah. I, I can't deny it at this point, man. I can't deny any. I can't. I can't deny it. But it's like, well, what, what the hell do I do with this? What do I do with it? You know. Um, this story it it talks about a lot of different, a lot of my experiences, and. A lot of the abilities I have in this astral plane, which is terrifying now, seeing how um, I might have a direct re uh, response in reality from whatever happens in these spaces, is terrifying because I seem to have some kind of influence, you know. Um, so, <laughs> what do I do with this? How, how, how do I how do I use this correctly? You know. Mm. I think that's a big part of the reason why I ask so many questions of the universe. What do you want from me? That's what it's been so far. Been, what do you want from me? Um, but I'm starting to get a little selfish because I'm starting to understand that there's kind of like a way to talk to this, these energies and go places with them. Now it's kind of like, well, what do I want to do? You know? And so long as my desires are, are pure intent, so long as I don't get hurt, no one else gets hurt. I'll explore any thought that comes to me and just see where it leads and it can go to really crazy places sometimes. I think you should. I think you're on a journey where you are able to and not many are able to. Mm -hmm. So it's not us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like you should figure these things out. Yeah. You should yeah. definitely go down these paths for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm writing it all out. You know, I'm writing out what... Uh, 
Um, they're, they're all like the, these houses, Fadima, House Elite, and House Amiri. They're all, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mirror reflections of things in our own world, you know, in our own reality. Hence why I saw connections. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's my hope that when I'm writing this stuff out that someone else will read it, identify a series of events that led to their own realizations about their own patterns and symbols when they're on their own path, manifesting their own, um, or becoming aware that they can manifest their own realities or manifest their own, um, I don't know, whatever the hell they want to do. But I mean, this power exists. It, it's, it's there. It's, it's there, man. That's crazy. Yeah. I like it. I it's like wild. It. it is. It's beautiful. Uh, I love how we have these, these deep ass talks, but yet, as a podcast host, I'm still in tune with the time. We got 30 minutes <laughs> left. God, dude. You know what I'm saying? Man, I appreciate you sharing all of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, talking about your story and then talking about your story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Uh, uh, thank you so much for having me on here, man, so I, so I can talk about, you know, these things. Um, I, I'm just curious, have you experienced things like this yourself? Unfortunately, I have not yet. Hmm. Um, we're going to talk off air a little bit, but on air, uh, I haven't. So I'm madly fascinated. Um, as you tell me this, a lot of people may think we're crazy. As I'm there. Oh yeah, sure, this, sure. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I have a phrase on this show. Uh, where, with all due respect, comes from uh, comes from on this show we speak our truest thoughts, feelings, emotions, whatever the fuck. <laughs> and for those that don't like it, with all due respect, fuck, fuck you. Yeah, you know it. Okay, yeah, you listen to the show. So uh, I haven't, but I believe you. You know what I'm saying? I feel what you're saying. I believe in what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, I believe things like this are very possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. It's all about your path, man. Like, I, I, I specifically have not get, gotten very deep into my symbols for all this different stuff because they're not going to mean anything to the people who are listening. They're my symbols. They're my path. They're my keys to my doors that take me to predestined or predetermined destinations. And I know where some of these doors go, right? But they're mine. They're mine for me, and everyone has theirs. It's not for me to tell them, tell anyone what their symbols are, but it's for me to tell them their path exists. Because their path is very personable to them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We can't tell It's my mission on this entire podcast is to leave breadcrumbs of just maybe how to start your path. Mm -hmm. You understand? I gotcha. But, uh, Prior to your third, I do that. Yeah. I actually listened to the tool Lateralist why I did that. It was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. I know you listen to Tool. Do your tool. Tool's mm. good. Yeah. Tool's good. I have a wide spectrum. I believe you. What's music? Uh I had something I wanted to say, but I don't remember. Oh shoot, I'm sorry. It's gone. No, it's gone. I've just been talking this whole time. No, it was literally ten seconds ago it hit me and then ten, and then it just went away. <laughs> so uh this has been the With All Due Respect podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Castro X. Uh, thank you, Philip Chappelle, for gracing us. You thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been uh, eye-opening, very intriguing. I enjoyed the hell out of this one. hope so. You know what I mean? hope so. Now I'm just trying to wait till next. Dude, find, find your paths. Wherever you are, this might sound crazy to you, but... There's so much more to the human body, the human mind, the human being than this experience we have right now. There's a reason why things are falling apart right now. We're just left the age of Pisces. We're in the age of Aquarius. The water doors just opened up. We're in the age of the feminine. It's been showing. It's been coming up uh, for years now. Um, we're in a, a shift. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I was going to bring something up, but it's going to lead into a whole other topic. We'll just talk oh, off air because All right. we ran out. I'm down. Uh, yeah, all of that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just here. I'm in the moment. I'm just existing in it, man. Just marinating. Hell yeah. Know, soaking it up. Hell yeah. Uh, thank y'all for tuning in, man. Go like the Facebook page at With All Due Respect Podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, share. Uh, they, they don't subscribe on Facebook. But we out. <laughs>